From Creation Ministries International, you're listening to Creation.com's article podcast. The research and insights that give God the glory, refutes evolution, and gives you the answers to defend your faith. I'm Joseph Darnell. Perhaps you've seen a report in the media about a rock outcrop 800 million years old and wondered how that fits the history of the Bible. We confront the same puzzle when we read about a fossil dinosaur that lived in Jurassic times, or we may visit a tourist site with a sign that speaks about a volcano forming 25 million years ago. If you would like to make sense of the world from a biblical perspective, there is a simple diagram in this article that is what you're basically looking for. It allows you to work out a first ballpark understanding of where each situation you encounter relates to the true history of the universe. That is, the history presented in the Bible. The Geology Transformation Tool Written by Taz Walker Today's article podcast is going to require this visual aid. So look down at your phone at the cover art of this episode and you're going to see, well, a thumbnail of the diagram. If you want to check it out in full scale, visit the article at the website creation.com. A link to the article is provided in the show notes. The left side of figure one presents the geologic column into which all the different rocks found on the earth are classified. On that column, most of the geological terms you will encounter are set out together with the way that they relate to each other. The oldest rocks are at the bottom and the youngest at the top. In the middle of the diagram stands a vertical column of numbers that gives the uniformitarian age in millions of years assigned to each part of the geologic column. At the top, the numbers start at 0.012 million years, that is 12,000 years, and increase to 46,000 million years at the bottom. This is the uniformitarian date for the formation of the Earth. Of course, based on the true history of the Bible, we know these millions of years are not correct, although the general sequence can be helpful to us. I have included them because they are the numbers you will encounter, for example at tourist sites and in news reports. Note that the time links on the diagram are not to scale. At the top, the size of the Holocene, which represents just 0.012 million years, that 12,000 years, is similar to the size of other periods, such as the Jurassic, which represents nearly 60 million years. These are similar in size to the Archean, which represents 15,000 million years. So this diagram is a fairly standard representation of the geologic column, but the uneven scaling gives a misleading impression of the times involved in the different geological periods. The right side of the diagram has three vertical rows, which shows how these rocks relate to biblical history. The first arrow in green indicates which rocks formed in the first 150 days of Noah's flood as the floodwaters were rising. The second arrow in blue indicates which rocks formed in the last 220 days of Noah's flood as the waters were falling and the continents were rising. The third arrow in yellow indicates which rocks formed in the last 4,500 years since the flood ended. You will notice at the top of the diagram that the biblical arrows overlap, and that at the bottom the green arrow is shown dotted. This is to indicate that there is uncertainty in these areas. We will discuss this further in a moment. So now that we've explained the diagram, I want to point out it's pretty easy to use. 
All that is required is to locate on figure 1 the date in millions of years for your example. Then you simply check where it sits on the arrows of biblical history. So, let's look at the examples we've already mentioned. For the rock outcrop 800 million years old, we see on figure 1 that it fits between the numbers 541 and 2500. To the left on the column, this corresponds to the Protozoic as well as the Precambrian. To the right, on the Biblical interpretation, this corresponds to the period when the waters of Noah's flood were rising, and quite early in this period. Given that the waters of Noah's flood were rising for 150 days, this would correspond to the first month or two of the flood, which occurred some 4,500 years ago. For the fossil dinosaur that lived in the Jurassic era, we see that this fits between 145 and 201 million years ago. It is part of the groupings called the Mesozoic and the Phanerozoic. On the biblical interpretation on the right, we can see that this also corresponds to the period when the waters of Noah's flood were rising, but later than the rock described in the previous example. Its position on the arrow indicates that this would have been as the waters were approaching their peak, perhaps a month before that, which would be about four months after the flood began, 4,500 years ago. For the volcano 25 million years ago, we see that this corresponds to the Oligocene, which is part of the Paleogene, the Tertiary, the Cenozoic, and the Phanerozoic. On the biblical interpretation to the right, we can see that this corresponds to the 220-day, approximately 7-month period when the waters of Noah's flood were falling. This was as the continents were being uplifted, causing the floodwaters to flow off the land into the expanding oceans. This would have been a few months into that period after the waters peaked, which would put this some 8 months or more after Noah's flood began 4,500 years ago. So figure 1 in this article provides a chart to transform evolutionary ages into the true history of the world as recorded in the Bible. It is easy to use. However, appreciate that the estimate it provides is a preliminary one. There are some areas of uncertainty, and this is what we are going to discuss in a moment. Once you have an idea of where a feature fits into biblical history, you will be able to start thinking about the processes involved in forming that feature. Most of the rocks you will encounter in your lifetime were formed during Noah's Flood. Looking at things from this perspective will change how you look at the world, and how you see your place in it. Now, about the uncertainty. The diagram of Figure 1 provides a tool to transform evolutionary ages into biblical history. I describe this as a preliminary and a first ballpark understanding, because there are areas of uncertainty we need to be aware of. This is indicated at the top of the diagram where the biblical arrows overlap, and at the bottom where the green floodwaters rising arrow is shown dotted. First, we've got the geologic column. The main reason for the uncertainty is that there is not a one-to-one -one relationship between the rocks on the geological column and biblical history. That is because uniformitarian geologists place the rocks into the geological column using criteria that assumes Noah's flood never happened. However, the rocks must be understood using criteria based on biblical history, which includes the creation and flood events. When we do examine the geology using biblical criteria, it is discovered that the geological column provides a general flood order. However, there are many exceptions and the relationship is highly nonlinear. As illustrated in Figure 1, most rocks, 
the Precambrian and Paleozoic and Mesozoic formed as the floodwaters were rising on the Earth. These are generally of very large scale, both in thickness and geographical extent. The second part of the flood, when the floodwaters were receding as the continents uplifted, mainly involved huge erosion on the continents. The receding floodwaters deposited the eroded material at the continental margins. Local deposits did occur on the continents, but very late in that period, after most of the waters had gone. Regrettably, uniformitarian geologists do not consider the effect of Noah's flood receding from the continents. Consequently, the way that they assign the rocks does not transform neatly into biblical history. This is especially significant for rocks they have assigned to the Cenozoic. When we check these using biblical criteria, we find the situation confusing. Some formed as the waters were rising, others as the waters were falling, and still others post-flood. Next we have the creation event. Another area of uncertainty involves the bottom part of figure 1 in the Precambrian, where the green floodwaters rising arrow is shown dotted. Some creation geologists would classify these rocks, labeled as Archean and early Proterozoic, as forming during creation week. However, there are many geologic features in these rocks that do not seem consistent with that view. These include enormous piles of volcanic deposits kilometers thick covering vast areas and gigantic asteroid impacts. The sulfur fumes, acidic fluids, lava flows, magma emplacements, dust clouds, and ash deposits associated with all this catastrophic activity would have contaminated the land, sea, and atmosphere. To me, this does not match the original very good Edenic creation described in the Bible in Genesis 1.31, which is why I interpret these areas of the geologic column as early flood. And lastly, we have the differences in timing. Another reason for differences between the uniformitarian column and the biblical flood timing is that the flood processes did not affect all parts of the continent the same way at the same time. For example, after the floodwaters covered the whole of the earth and began to recede, different parts of the landscape would have emerged above the water at different times. The central areas of higher elevation would have emerged first and the coastal areas of low elevation last. Consequently, the evidence for the start of floodwaters receding would have appeared at different times at different parts of the continent. People want to understand where we all came from, so the scientific community, religions, and education systems have each rose to the challenge to give answer to why we're all here. One way or another, we are all limited by the number of facts and opinions we can gather and assess. Evolutionists and creationists should both be aware of the facts though, no matter what, before we draw conclusions or debate origins and reality itself. If you want answers to evolution's more perplexing claims, you'll want to get a copy of the book The Creation Answers Book. And I'm pleased to tell you that it's now available in audiobook form, read by myself or listeners like you. Or if you like, you can also find it in softcover and ebook formats. The Creation Answers Book provides biblical answers to over 60 important questions that everyone should be informed on. What about carbon-14 dating? How did all the animals fit on Noah's Ark? Where are all the human fossils? How did bad things come about? And it also answers many geological questions. Not only does the book answer your questions, but it'll equip you to effectively respond to those that resist the gospel due to the theory of evolution. The Creation Answers book is a must-have for anyone's library, 
so get the audiobook, ebook, or softcover copy at creation.com store. For all of us at Creation Ministries International from around the world, thanks for listening.